Hey guys, welcome to a very special tribute episode of Happy Hour with Ryan to our great friend and brother, Daly and Carr. So last Thursday, I was at the rail yard with a good friend of mine, Lorraine Steiger, and we were sitting on the deck having a drink, and my phone lit up, and I received a text message from a mutual friend of ours, Davis Copeland, and he said, I uh, hate to bring bad news to you, but they found Dalian unresponsive. So I immediately was shocked, floored. Um, I didn't know what to think. I was I was really quite speechless. Um, and I was just like, wow, you know, 2020 hits again. You know, we've been through so much the last two years and even some uncertainty with 2021 and as we maneuver through the perils of life everything throws at us roadblocks and dealing with all kind of types of issues uh, wow uh, but to lose a friend and especially this close to uh, me and my barber uh, we talked about this a few years ago you know deaths are always hard but they're you know, they're a lot harder when it's closer to the holidays because we're, you know, a few weeks from Thanksgiving and less than a month and a half from Christmas. So you could just imagine what families go through around this time of the year. As I sit here and reflect, I'm going to just share some, um, a few things with you. Um, you know, my friendship with Dalian, uh, a lot, a lot of good times, no bad. Um, a really great friend, just someone there uh, for you, you know, whenever you needed him. And I can attest to that a hundredfold. And by me telling you some of the things, it's going to put things in perspective of what that statement uh, holds true to be. So I moved up here in 2003 from Dequeen, Arkansas, and I just graduated and so he was in the same uh, suite uh, as me. He was next door to me. And so uh, I remember we used to burn CDs uh, on his computer. Um, definitely countless number of trips to churches for those honey butter biscuits as uh, many of you've had. They're so delicious. Um, he also was one of those guys along there with me and Yaron, uh Roy Miller, who went to Utopia parties. Where, Utopia is very infamous in Little Rock, and also Sigma Nu parties, uh, right before I pledged in uh, Spring 04. So we were hitting those parties up fall of 03. Man, we enjoyed many laughs together, um, just so many, uh, just, just, just ridiculous stuff. We were always laughing about, you know, something. <laughs> but uh, so three years went by after 2003 and it was 2006 and I was heading back to move over uh, to campus at that point I was in city years so I kind of taken almost a year off and whatnot from school and I needed someone uh, I was at a friend's house in West Little Rock and needed someone to come get me and a few of the, my belongings to move back into the uh, dorms to stay with some fellow fraternity brothers until my actually dorm room was ready until I was going to start the semester 
uh, spring of, of uh, 07. So I was, I was thinking about, you know, uh, uh, at that time I didn't have a car. I was trying to figure out who I was going to call because I needed help uh, getting over to campus. And I actually hit Daly up. I texted him and I said, hey, do you mind coming get me? I, I actually um, need help moving into the dorms. And he said, yeah, most definitely. And actually, Daylene and uh, both Davis came and got me. And I remember uh, uh, ran by, get, got me something to eat. And then uh, we headed back to the dorms. And they actually helped me unload my stuff, which was which was awesome. And, and I never, ever, ever, ever forgot that and never will. Like I said, he was really there uh, when I needed him, definitely. So it seemed like every few years I would run into him or so. And then in 2015, we were downtown at Cash Restaurant, and our crew, we were kind of hanging out upstairs and looking over the balcony, and he and another friend of his were walking on the sidewalk in the River Market, and uh, I happened to see him, and I said, I believe that's Daly, and so I yelled at him, and I said, hey, come on up, uh, let's have a drink. So he comes up, and we go to the bar, he actually bought me a drink. And uh, we just uh, joined our, rejoined our crew, and uh, we just chopped it up, talked uh, what was going on. He told me what he was up to at that point and everything, where he was working. And um, uh, when we, me and Jennifer were going Home Depot, we would see him in there and everything. So, um, yeah. And then brings me to the most recent uh, year that I actually last saw him was 2018. I actually had just gotten back from Orlando with my mom on a trip to visit one of my cousins. And I had a couple of days off. I believe I'd taken a whole week off, got back a little early. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to use the other couple of days to just relax because uh, I'd driven literally 15 hours down and back within a span of uh, three to four days. So 2018 is when I actually started the podcast on Podbean. Uh, the old platform, and that's how this episode is coming to you uh, by way of that. So uh, he was actually on episode three, and I was talking to him about it, and I said, "Hey man, you want to do a podcast?" Told him a little bit about it and everything, and he was like, "Okay, well, cool." He said, "Well, let's go grab some dinner, and then we'll try to find a location and do it." And this is even before microphones, anything. I just had my own phone there and. It was just picking up the feed, basically. So we decided to go to Big Orange uh, on University. And that's basically was what I call my last supper with him, so to speak. And I had no idea, of course, um, that was going to be it. The last time I would actually see him. And uh, a lot of uh, one thing that many people know about Dalian was that he was a huge avid fan of Japanese culture. Uh, so, um, I guess he had frequently visited Big Orange because, uh, he had the waitress to actually get down some of the uh, Japanese whiskeys. And I can't even <laughs> begin to tell you what the names of them were, but they were so smooth and really good. Um, just had them neat. Uh, some of the finest, uh, you probably ever had in your life. Uh, you know, the Japanese whiskey, really good. So then after that, we finished dinner and we headed over to the Big Damn Bridge and we did our podcast. And uh, so 
uh, here shortly. Um, that's going to be our episode coming for this week for you know I, that I had with Dalen Carr a little less than 30 months ago. Uh, it was really good. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things, his childhood, uh, fiat currency, just all types of different uh, topics. Uh, so it was really cool and very interesting. And he was, he was such an intelligent guy. Um, I actually, last night, was contacted by uh, Dalian's mom, um, who said, yeah, she's definitely uh, wanted to tune in and listen. So I explained to her about the podcast, how it works and everything. And so, um, hopefully I did justice with, with not only this, um, pre-show, but also the podcast we did together, um, a little bit over two years ago. Um, if any of you know Dalian and, uh, would like to come out, uh, so Sunday they are having a celebration of his life, Sunday, November 8th. Uh, the Greens at North Hills, the old North Hills Golf Country Club. Uh, there's a service in wait planned from 3 to 5 p.m. And um, I know I'll be there. Uh, and I was telling my wife about it. She was at a bachelorette party uh, last weekend. And uh, she said she would accompany me too. So, yeah. So without further ado... I bring you a podcast I did with my great brother and friend, Dalian Carr from 2018. All right, we're back with Dalian Carr. What's going on, man? <laughs> Not much kicking it on the river, experiencing nature and life and whatnot. Heck of a dinner. Appreciate it, man. No problem. Uh, went to Big Orange. I'm super full. Took us a long walk down here on the bridge. Had us some Japanese whiskey and whatnot. Japanese whiskey, man. So, tell me about this. So, you've been, uh, you know, infatuated with Japanese culture for some time. What, what kind of got you into it? Uh, well, I don't know. Now that I think of it, it's probably a combination of anime and just being young at the time. I was really into anime, so... I enjoyed, obviously I enjoyed cartoons at my earlier age, but it's like I discovered cartoons that weren't necessarily cartoons like we have in America. It's kind of, uh, they've got different genres and whatnot to it, so. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, I became obsessed with, you know, I started watching that and then started watching like documentaries and uh, got into samurai and just their whole culture, just being a country that's been secluded from the rest of the world for a thousand years is really amazing and pretty unique if you think about it and uh, mm -hmm. if you have a thousand years to live without any outside influence and you're able to perfect everything that is around you you know so. right yeah yeah so you got into it at an early age what was the age you got into it uh, would you say probably about 11 or 12 okay cool cool you never been to Japan I'm sure it's on the bucket list Definitely. Said earlier. Pretty much all Asiatic countries. Like I definitely want to hit up Japan, South Korea, Philippines, Thailand, China, Mongolia. Mm -hmm. Like I want to hit all that shit up. 
Yep. I mean, uh, I, I've, I've done the whole European backpacking thing, but never the Asiatic thing. So. When did you When did you go to Europe? Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my dad was always into like German, and he was like taking German classes and stuff. My parents, originally, my uh, my mom used to clean houses for like rich people, and my dad owned a janitorial service. And then eventually they decided they both wanted to go back to school to get their education. So they both did it at the same time. They both accomplished it and they both became English teachers pretty much. But, backtracking, um, it was kind of just the uh, opportunity. Um, so I guess what happened first was they have a program with um, exchange students to where like they come and stay with the family and like everything's already paid for it's like $800 a month or something if you have like a family with children like it's not you know some bachelor or something you know they'll come and you can pick from like a, a plethora of pictures or whatnot and they come and stay with you so I had a uh, I guess she was like 16 at the time her name was Gisela Hostenkamp and she came, wow. she came and stayed with my family for two years okay two or three like she she went to Hall High School she graduated and then went back home and then I ended up going over there and staying with her family two different times. Two different times? Yeah. What, what were the span of those years? Was it two different uh, times, two years uh, I mean, separate? I have to have my passport. It's tattooed up, but it's still expired <laughs> as fuck. Uh, but, no, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, I guess I was, I'm trying to think. So I probably first went when I was like 14, and then I went when I was 16, because uh, in Germany, 16 years old is the legal drinking age. I was just about so, to say, they can do whatever. So I'm 16 in Germany. Age. Not just Germany, but I went to fucking Amsterdam, like all that shit, but I didn't smoke weed at the time. I mean, I still don't really now, but I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I didn't, you know, shit. I mean, I'm going through the red light district. There's like fucking females in all the windows and shit. Hostile. Know? And I just yeah. watched that last night. There's like reminded me of that. in the middle of the road and like nobody has cars. Everybody's riding bikes. Like the what? breakfast over there is like one egg and like a couple pieces of toast, maybe a cold cut. Like their breakfast is super minimal as shit. Like not American breakfast. Like man, pile on the bacon and the waffles and nah, none of that. And it's uh, their main their main course of the day is uh, lunch. And when lunch happens, all the storefronts, all the stores shut down for lunch for two hours. So imagine like our lunch break is like thirty minutes or forty five minutes. Right. Our lunch break is two hours, so you can have a glass of wine. You can like. Jeez. You know, it's all about you know. It's completely different cultural aspect than what we got here. But uh, it's it's really cool, man. Yeah. Um, and I took German for four years, man. But I was just so sour because I wanted to learn Japanese, and there wasn't a uh, there wasn't an ability for me to learn it here in any of the schools that I was in. So, uh, but yeah, it's it was cool, man. I went and stayed with her family, and uh, I experienced a lot of things, man. Like sixteen years old. Uh, Going to a bathhouse. I don't know if you've ever been to a bathhouse, but it's... I don't believe so, no. Pretty much where you go, like, with your whole family and all your close okay. friends, and you just get completely butt-ass naked together. Again, back to hospital. <laughs> together. Uh, like, yeah. Well, they, they, don't, don't they don't have, the, they don't have like, the uh, Anglo-Saxon guilt that we have here. It's, it's completely different. Okay. And, uh, it's really crazy, though. I mean, it was really relaxing. And it's kind of weird, though, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, you'll, you'll get in, like... Um, like a pool full of like steaming hot water, and then you completely in the you transfer to a pool of completely cold, ice cold water, and then you go into a sauna, and then like it's kind of like a whole experience, you yeah. see. And uh, there's a lot of things over there that kind of 
was a culture shock when I first went over there at 16, man. Like, they have no censorship on their TV at all. There's no censorship. Like, they have soap commercials with a thousand butt-naked-ass men and women. Like, just right there, just washing. Like, seriously, it's crazy. Like, game shows and everything. There is no censorship whatsoever in Germany. Not whatsoever. And, like, it, it was kind of like a shock to me at first. But then I was like, damn, this is cool as fuck, man. Like, yeah. we're over here, like, on some fuck shit. You know, we got to go to, like, HBO and shit to, you know. But uh, it was cool, man. And uh, the first time I went with my family... And then, like, we get into, like, some, not dark, but, like, it was kind of crazy because, like, it was me, my father, my mother, my sister, and we went out there. And then my mom ended up leaving, like, early, like, six days early before we were supposed to leave. And then, like, two months later, he found out that she was, like, cheating on my father and shit. And uh, then went through the whole tough. divorce at 16, and huh. I was feeling abandoned and whatnot, and, like, kind mm-hmm. of, like, uh... You know, like, kind of, like, acting out of my own way through, like, failing glasses and, like, all that fuck shit. Even though I was smart as shit, like, I was like, fuck this shit, you know? Like, yeah. it was fucked up, man. But. Mm. Tough time. Yeah, that yeah, age. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, it's that age. That's the thing. It's like, always that age, though. But if you're at the age that we're on right now, like, if you're above your 30s, like, if you're still stuck on some fuck shit like that, then you obviously haven't. You got, you got some work to do. Well, let's put it that way. Because. Has nothing to do. Like I've, I've already understood, like the whole dichotomy of the thing, and uh, even even like with uh, monogamy, right? Like you can just take monogamy for instance. Like, mm-hmm. Us as a human race, and I say human race because it's the only race that exists. There's no black. There's no white. There's no. It's a human race, man. We're we're all Homo sapiens, so it's a human race. But when you think about it, we weren't really built to be. Um, to operate in that like that's kind of like a uh i'm trying to think how to like put it into words but uh monogamy is really opposite of our of our genetic makeup if you think about it mm-hmm. maybe you think of like a male a male like of course wants to spread his seed into as many different vessels mm-hmm. and create as many different you know right like, it's honestly the uh it's the definition of immortality as far as we're concerned. Ah, it's a nice way to look at it. I mean, it is, it is. And and I understand, like, people want to make, like, a a social construct and, like, be structured so everything can be, you know, lovey-dovey, but Mm -hmm. you can look at divorce rates and and all that shit nowadays. Which is higher because... It's crazy. It was 50%. Now it's... I don't even know what it is now. I know it's it's higher than that. (laughs) Yeah. Because I, I know a lot of my friends. And before, we didn't even have social media. So it's like, yeah. social media is like having a library in your back fucking yard. And it's like, yeah. damn, it's like, oh, well, look what they're doing. And look what they're doing. And mm-hmm. why aren't we doing this, honey? And it's like, dude, it just like exponentially just, yeah. you know. And then you get to like, then you have like such fickle relationships to where it's just like literally y'all are together. But all you're doing is like liking each other's posts on Facebook. And it's so fucking... <laughs> pitiful and sorry ah. there's no communication left there's no nothing and it's just all like that yeah and you know I, i've kind of like struggled i'm not trying to go on and on like dude like hey, no, that's no, the next no, thing it's good it's i'm good. saying i've been struggling yeah. as far as like yeah. facebook because mm-hmm. at one point i understand how beneficial facebook is and like and like i was telling you earlier like you know the information age and like man you got to get down or lay down like seriously like right. either you you get with progress you or adapt. you fall behind adapt yeah and evolve and yep. so it's That's like it's you know i get with progress and everything but at the same time i just see all this facebook shit and like 
you know it's like different people use Facebook for different reasons have you ever noticed that like some people they just post funny shit and they just like to laugh and then some people they like to rant like when their life's Blog. going bad or, or, or yeah. when their relationship's going bad and then other people they just want to get on like whatever like viral post there is and post their little two cents like weekend warrior fuck shit and it's like you see all that shit like you'll see a video and it's a pretty clear cut video you know like somebody beating somebody else's ass or something like that and then there's always going to be that motherfucker that's like oh man well oh shit if he wasn't black or if, if he wasn't this or if this and this and then it just exponentially just fucking like gains momentum and like you completely lose like the, the actual reason of the video you know mm-hmm. uh and i'm not saying it's a bad thing maybe it's just like like mm-hmm. i said evolution but yeah man like i really just like to use facebook to just like keep in touch with like friends that i know and which uh, i think that was what it was supposed to be in the first place and you yeah. back in the day had to have an email mm-hmm. to even get on there yeah you had to be a part of a college and then when uh, they extended yeah. it mm-hmm. past that with the old network i get a uh, city I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it, money hungry, mm-hmm. there it goes. Because, I mean, it, it I loved up. it. it I still up. like it, yeah, and I keep in touch, like you said. I was a MySpace advocate. I'm not going to oh. lie, man. My, My MySpace face, yeah. was so fire, bro. Like, yeah. I had the best songs. Tom, first like, friend, always. And I feel like an old ass right now <laughs> talking about MySpace, but I'm serious, dude. MySpace is was the shit dude like it was completely customizable you could do your background you can do etc etc i loved myspace you know and like facebook at that time when myspace was really blowing up was like nothing facebook it's just a it college dry. thing it's just like a thing yeah. between like fraternities and like college people and shit right but yep. then like i guess they stepped their game up and you know i can't knock them because shit they're billions man, billions man. yeah it's, it's insane and then uh honestly i think i was I was looking up something, but the number one messenger service right now in the world is Facebook Messenger, which mm-hmm. is interesting because if you think about it, mm-hmm. you know we we've all been um, atoned and accustomed to SMS. That's right. You know, easy. But it's simple. completely outdated now. Like, there's mm-hmm. no reason. Uh, I mean, you can you can you can put privacy, and then you've seen like the privacy shit we've had with 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 everything. Right. Zuckerberg goes to court. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like it's outdated. Like, there's no yeah. reason. Like, why should I be limited to 250 characters or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like as far as bandwidth and videos and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. what I really enjoy, um, which I'm pretty sure face, you know, Facebook owns uh, Instagram. Uh, but I'll tell mm-hmm. you, Snapchat is fucking insane do you do you have snapchat i actually do it's actually getting more popular by the minute it's crazy because uh, it's not just people yeah. typing it's not just mm-hmm. you know posts and stuff like that it's just Special real shit picture effects you can do real shit yeah yeah but not only effects, effects but actual real video right you know like it, mm-hmm. it, it's completely different it's like mm-hmm. yeah somebody can be like oh well i just did this and this and this and this is how mm-hmm. i'm feeling but then you show it to someone and it's mm-hmm. so entertaining it's almost mm-hmm. like it's replacing you know like I don't even want to say back in the day because people still read, and I'm I'm a huge advocate uh, advo- advocate of reader advocate. of reading. Right. Uh-huh. But it's like, dude, like, it's that goes to show, like, with evolution, it's like you can read, and yes, you have like your own imaginary thing, and like it's your own thing. But mm-hmm. as far as like the best avenue to transfer information, it's going to take care of all of your senses, which is going to be visual auditory all of that and we have that with video so it's mm-hmm. like you know like i'm not telling anybody to stop reading because i love reading you know but it's like at one point it's like 
why would you like if you were interested in something would you like go and try to find a book and check it out on that topic mm -hmm. or would you just like look up a couple of documentaries or a couple of posts on YouTube and kind of like you know get the you know I don't know yeah that's very interesting so you know you come back from doing the European backpacking and because mm -hmm. I met you in 2003 UALR you're one of my roommates yep. um, I know you were saying earlier you know, you had a full ride, and you went to Central. Uh, yeah, right. Waited so, 03, baby. 03. That was that was 03 that was, Tigers, baby. Yeah, 03. That's the best class I think ever. My cousin Derek Mason, <laughs> star quarterback. Yeah, I yeah. think he graduated no one or right. 02. 02 had like the Playboy Bunny sign they threw up, <laughs> and then we had like the. Where'd yeah, you graduate just, from? 03. And DeQueen? No, DeQueen. You know, oh, I'm not okay. from here. Yeah, okay, yeah, unfortunately. Right. Not from here. Yeah, we had little, like, gang signs and shit in our high school. It was really weird. Oh, that is that's weird, yeah. Man, oh, man. So, uh, did you uh, plot anywhere else besides Euler, or was it always you wanted to go to Euler? Mm, man, honestly, I can't really remember because it's been so long ago, but I think I applied to Euler, and then I was going to apply to some other places. But I ended up just, they, you know, accepted me. I had a, a really high um, ACT ACT score. Mm -hmm. I think it right. was uh, 30. Or, I think it was 30. You almost had a perfect score because I think 36 was a perfect yeah, score. 36. Yeah. I think it was 30, 30 or 32. I don't remember. Yeah, super smart. Okay. But okay. it's, you know, it was like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. But Stay local. I did the AP classes and the advanced classes. and. Uh, yeah. And then, like, with when the divorce thing, you know, like, I was in AP classes, and then I failed those, and they put mm. me back in regular classes, and I made, like, 105%. Like, it was crazy, you know. Jesus Christ. But it was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Um, but, like, I'm really thankful that I did get put in those regular classes, because, like, when you... Like, I understand, like, striving to be all AP classes and, and everything. Right. But if you think about it, as far as a system, as far as, like, being... Um, trying to think of the word like being introduced to all facets of society you have to hit those regular classes now like i'm sure parents are be like no we don't want any regular we want you on the top we want you on the top of the top and you know but at the same time when you get to the regular classes like it's crazy because you meet like a whole different um not necessarily like a dynamic of people but you you meet other people that normally you probably wouldn't really you know I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I, I yeah. honestly think that people should have regular and AB classes together. And it's kind yeah. of like almost the same as the argument of uh, between public school and private school. You kind of want a little bit of both. Like when right. I first started, um, mm -hmm. I did uh, Montessori school. So it was completely okay. private. Right. Uh, K through fourth. And the owner of our school was a German girl, a German lady named Frau Gerda. She was teaching us German in like second grade. Really cool though, like man, it's not like I knew all my countries, all over the world, like um, we practiced on our cursive elegant and like everything. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after fourth grade, I went into fifth grade at Jefferson Elementary, which is a public school, which is over in the Heights. Mm -hmm. And literally the teachers were like, you can't write cursive here. Like, wow. you have to write print. And that was like the first time I was ever like, you know, cause nowadays like, dude, no, nobody knows how to write cursive. Like it's Nobody, like a, yeah. it's, you know. And I learned it early. I mean, yeah. I didn't go to any, like yeah. advanced school, but I knew how to write yeah. person. Yeah, it's crazy. And now, like, dude, they don't. They they can't even read it. Like most people can't even read it. And like I can understand like with typing and, and you know computers and everything, but still like 
you know. Uh, but yeah, I went uh, from Jefferson Elementary from fourth to sixth grade, and then I went from uh, I went to Horace Mann Arts and Magnet, beautiful school, awesome school. Yeah. Uh, seventh grade through eighth grade, my year. So I never got to be a senior of my junior high. My year was the year that they decided to put ninth grade into high school. Mm. And I, so I never got to be a senior of my junior high. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm booted into ninth grade at Central High School, <laughs> and it was fucking crazy, you know. And uh, you know, yeah. it was fun. Uh, and you know, I was, uh, I was, you know, I was different, but at the same time, like everybody thinks they're different or whatever. But yeah. I had a really cool social group. Like there's one Indian guy and. Uh, one white guy, one Frankie, and uh, I kind of like my little clique was like literally like a whole plethora of every t every single race, but we were all like like-minded and we liked to game and we liked to you know it wasn't really like a click click like that. Mm -hmm. but it yeah. was cool. Man. And it's important finding your group. Yeah. You know, with all the stuff that's going on nowadays with bullying. Oh yeah. Like it's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's really ridiculous. So. uh so fast forward here, fast forward in here a little bit. Yeah. So you went to Euler a year or two, and then you were working at the airport. Yeah, yeah U.S. Airways. How dropped was that? out of Euler. Yep, dropped out. Okay. And uh, okay. continued working full time at U.S. Airways. What did your parents say? How, how was their feelings toward that? I, I mean, we all know we were talking <laughs> they were a little bit earlier. Disappointed as fuck, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But shit, you know, because I mean, they had, you know, but it's like kind of like a, it's not really a roller reversal thing, but it's like. You know, they decided to both go back to school and finish school at like the age of 30 something. Um. So there really wasn't anything they could say. You see what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah. they both were, you know, like they were both um, successful at, you know, whatever traits and shit that they chose, you know. And it's like, I think that's like the main thing. Like every parent wants their son to, or their child or their offspring to do better than them. Right. And like, I don't want you to struggle how I struggle, but sometimes, like, people have to go through that struggle to build their character and who they are in life. And then they also learn so much. Hell yeah. They learn like so much. Like, how to much. deal with people, social skills, mm -hmm. fucking... Mm -hmm. I've been in customer service industry for a majority of my life, man, right. and I'll tell you right now, dude, I can communicate with anyone that I come in contact with. Yeah. I don't care who it is, man. Mm -hmm. Like, real talk. I can tell. Yeah, I can. I can. Tell. I can. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah. And... You know, like there's still things that I want to do and and whatnot, and uh, but I'm kind of striving more for like the entrepreneurial type thing, and I want to, you know, do you have to stop it at 30 or something? Right. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 So after that, because I don't see you for a while. Uh, what were you doing? I guess in between. Uh, I guess over 21. I think I think I saw you on campus one time. You were taking classes and. You went to New Orleans, I remember. Okay, yeah, that so, little bit. <laughs> all right, so, yeah. So, how was... Man, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just because I'm a Scorpio or just, man, I don't know what it is, man. But anyway, so I did that, and I was working uh, U.S. Airways, mm -hmm. you know, full-time. And the only reason I'm going to tell you any of this is because it's past the what we call the statute of limitations. So, okay. I really have no problem with it. All right. And this is just part of, like, growing up and shit. But... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, man, so dropped out of college, and uh, I was working full-time at U.S. Airways, and I ended up quitting from there over some dumb shit. Like, I just got all up in my emotions, and I didn't see eye-to-eye -eye with my manager, and I was like, you know what, and just, like, slid my badge under the door and shit. Wow. And that was, like, my introductory into, like, 
I moved, uh, I moved into, uh, oh no, I'd already moved. Uh, I got kicked out of my mother's house when I was 17 years old. Wow. Uh, for supposedly growing marijuana, which is completely <laughs> false. Yeah. Like, I'd started smoking, like, the ass end of high school, like, poles, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it was some, like, swag shit, so, like, I would pick the seeds out and, like, throw them out. And I guess one of the seeds just started to plant. Like, if you're going to grow somewhere, you ain't going to do it, like, just right there in the front yard, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and so I was accused of that, and I got kicked out, so... Wow. I was staying with my mom at the time, and then I went and stayed with my dad, and that was even worse, because he's a fucking asshole. And he's just like me. He's a Scorpio, too. But he's, uh-huh. He was just a fucking asshole. And, uh, fucking... You wanted to try to get away any chance you got? or, or Not necessarily, not, no. I mean, no. you know, like, uh, oh, I, I got to go back home no, and be under this person. I was more like the dude that, like, you know, I'm going and doing my school and doing my homework. And, and that's it. Like, I'm coming home mm-hmm. to, like, my dad's apartment. And I've got, like, this huge fucking crazy computer rig set up with, like, the fastest fucking internet possible. Nice. Which was DSL at the time. Okay. And we lived, like, literally 30 seconds from the fucking AT, or the, the, the DSL building downtown. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, so, I, I was doing gaming. I'm doing uh, Counter-Strike and uh, StarCraft and, um, and then I'm doing, like, hacking shit, too. So, I'm, like, I'm in the MIRC and... Um, yeah, I got into carding as well. Okay. You know what carding is? I've heard about it okay, a yeah. little bit. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to get into that. I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I got into carding and, uh, yeah, it was. Just kind uh, of doing your own thing. Yeah, I was doing my own thing and it was really crazy because literally, and this is like backtracking, but like I'm talking like 10th grade, 11th grade in high school, like I was all in. Like it was crazy. Like um, it was pretty much the equivalent of me, like, making money like how I do now but I was in like 10th grade so it, yeah. I'm showing up with like the fucking latest NASCAR UPS jacket and like 10 pairs of fucking shoes and fucking Balling. we're doing eBay shit and all sorts of shit but it, it was um and it came to like it came to like a realization point to where I pretty much like admitted to my mother what I was doing mm. and just broke down and just yeah I broke down and said broke. listen you know I literally threw like fifteen hundred dollars worth of shit in the trash can and said I'm done. Wow. And I've never done it since. And that was me young. That was me young young, you know. Yeah. And uh <clears throat> then okay, let's fast forward back to uh me getting me leaving my dad's house. Um I moved in uh with a friend, I'm not gonna use any names, but I understand. Moved into yeah. a friend <laughs> with uh moved in a friend, uh Summit House was my first place that I stayed. Okay. Mostly old people there. I don't know if you know where someone else is. It's right behind Park Plaza building. I know exactly what you're talking about. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got into, and I was still working at U.S. Airways at the time, making good money. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of got like introduced to hustling. So mm. um, everybody does a side hustle. I mean, oh yeah, I, I, but mine, most, mine was different. Most, mine, most. There, there was this website I'm online. Sure. It's completely shut down now, but it was okay. called Overgrow.com, and it was fucking amazing. Like it was huge fucking man plethora of like information of anything that you need to know about growing um breeding like everything as mm-hmm. far as uh marijuana is concerned mm-hmm. and like I, I was like a huge member on there you know and then finally i decided to do it so i actually grew at some house um mm-hmm. and like i did you know a harvest or two and Got really into it and, like, ordered seeds from Amsterdam overseas and got them shipped to, like, a different house (laughs) and, like, started cloning and, like, doing all my shit. And it was cool. It was fun. And uh, it's 
really been like one of the most not successful but like one of the most like mm-hmm. prideful times in my life because like when there's something about like creating and nurturing life from start to finish that mm-hmm. you know like, you see old people like they're in their backyard like watering their shit and like you know yeah whatever but mm-hmm. so anyways i did that man and uh ended up you know kind of like fell out with those people and shit and like you know we're fast forwarding and uh got a one-bedroom apartment on 36 and barrow I think I remember that yeah. a little bit, yep. And I don't know if I really want to go into, like, my whole fucking <laughs> thing. I mean, I can if you want, but... Uh, yeah, if you're comfortable, you know. That's I mean. what you want. <laughs> I mean, okay, so, yeah. So, I moved to a one-bedroom apartment. It was $320 a month. Not bad. Not uh, bad. I had a friend staying next door to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man. And uh, at that point, I got, like, a job at Willie D's. I was parking cars and shit. I think, you know what? I think I do remember that a little bit now. Okay, yeah. Uh, how was that? Did, did, I created, something, something I created the fucking, I don't know if you've ever heard of the legend of the downtown ninja, but that's me. We're not going to get into that. And, and I think I've seen that on Facebook or something. I just didn't know <laughs> what, and I was like, oh my god. They had helicopters like, looking for me, but it was all false. It was all bullshit. But anyways, I never ran as fast or scaled 10 foot fences in my life other than that time but uh yeah so um now yeah, saying it's one bedroom apartment it's negative as shit it's on john barrow and 36 man it's so negative man like man at that point like i'd been keeping a journal for a minute i've actually have i have a uh, seven years of my life recorded in a journal every single day nice uh which i'll never let anybody read you know but i'm just saying like there's some crazy shit in there Sometimes um, it's therapy for some people. Yeah, no, that's it good. is. That's it good. Is. That's good. And yeah. especially as far as like setting short and long-term goals, you got to write them down. You see what I'm saying? And that's right. And they say a lot of times, I guess, ninety percent of the time, or whatever statistic is, yeah. if you write it down, you're likely to achieve it. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. that's that's really good. Oh yeah, that's really good. So I moved in this place, and it was some slumlord. And honestly, he was a good guy. His name was Mike Russian, and he owns this apartment complex of probably like sixteen units. Uh, I paid my rent on time every month for like five years, right? Uh, or like three or four statute of limitations, but I'm just saying. Anyway, so yeah. Um, and then I just got it. I don't know, man. Like I, there was this one guy that I'd met, and like he sold weed, and it was crazy because like the whole time, like I had the best of internet. I had the best of rigs, the best, you know, I'm into, like, computers and, like, all this shit, but at the same time, I want to make money, mm-hmm. so, like, I met this dude, and, like, I guess he was selling, you know, weed or whatever, and he was like, yeah, you can make money with this, yada, 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 I'm like, okay, and, uh, so I bought, like, an ounce from him, ounce of, like, some mid-grade, and then pretty much, like, you pay, like, a certain amount for an ounce, and then you can sell it in quarters, and then you make, like, a $100 profit, mm-hmm. and then you do it again and again and again until you build up to a quarter ounce, or a, a QP, and then a pound. So at one point I was getting up to pounds, you know, I was like, I was making money, it was cool. Like I had a whole clientele from like Benton Bryant, like, you know, just using MySpace and like my networking mm-hmm. skills and whatnot. There you go. And like these people weren't just like, you know, they weren't just clients, they were like friends of mine. So like they would come over and we would kick it, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I hit your phone? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so. And then it went from there to benzos and hydros and oxys and roxys and et cetera, et cetera. But um, 
Yeah, I, I made a lot of money. Let's just put it that way. Marcus. And then I and then I discovered like there was this one chick, man. Jesus Christ, and I met her through a friend, and I guess she was from Texas or something. Uh huh. And this was like during the time of like the whole they called it cheese. I don't know if you're familiar with cheese, but like cheese is like <laughs> money. <laughs> That's no, all. No, 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 no. Cheese, something else. No, yeah, no, yeah, cheese yeah, yeah. Is, cheese okay. is when you mix uh, black tar heroin with uh, sleeping pills, and you make it into a powder form. Shh. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and, and like the whole thing, like it was on the news and shit. They were like, they had it like, they were finding it in like high schools and shit. Like it was fucked up. Did not know that. Um, but it was, it was crazy because I, you know, I never like fucked with the shit. I didn't know, like, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, oh no, you know, and like she took like a gram of tar and like you put water on it. Wow. And mix it up and then mm-hmm. you mix like three grams of sleeping pills with it and then you make like four grams of powder that you can sell for $50 a tent. So we're talking $500 a gram. Two thousand dollars from two hundred fifty dollars. That you can do the math, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, once I discovered that, like the dollar signs were in my eyes, and I had already set like the long-term goal of home ownership. I'm not a bad guy, man. Trust me. Like I wasn't. Right. You know, all the people that I was, like, you know, dealing to were already on pills and like all that shit. You know, I wasn't like that guy in the park. Like, hey, uh, you want to come try some new shit? Like, no, nah, fuck that. Yeah. But it was just like it, it's it's a more cheaper route because what people don't understand is like with the pharmaceutical industry, like these people are paying tons of money for these pills, and that's why they end up getting on heroin because they realize that you can get the same high for like a tenth of the price. You know, like you know if you're like you know oxys or roxys, you're paying a dollar a milligram, so you're literally paying thirty dollars for a thirty dollar oxycontin or thirty dollar roxy when you can pay ten dollars and get the same high. You know, with heroin, but the only thing is, heroin isn't pharmaceutical grade, so you don't know what's in it. You don't know what's going on. Right. So, anyways, I was doing this, and I did it for about like six months, and like I got on my shit. Like I got on my shit, shit, like for real, man. I was making like a thousand dollars a day. Yep. Um, I was in a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started doing it myself, and like this is the downfall of any type of like thing like that started doing it myself and then eventually at one point I kind of want to skip all the good shit but like yeah okay yeah so yeah so like I started that I bought like a, a 2000 or I bought a uh, it was a 2007 uh, GSXR 600 black on black brand new 10,000 paid cash for it I only had liability for it and ended up getting stolen and I only had liability so I had to take the loss wow but how I, did that happen just this Man, I I had uh, I would park it in my bottom bedroom of that one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. But uh, one day I was wanting to clean out the bedroom or clean out my whole apartment, so I moved it outside, cleaned mm-hmm. up the apartment like just deep zen cleaning, like hardcore cleaning. Mm-hmm. And then I got tired and I just you know took a nap instead of bringing the bike back in. Yeah. Knocking on my door, boom, 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 boom. Hey, man, they just stole your bike, man. Like three black dudes just loaded up in the back of a truck. Like, what the wow. Fuck, man? Like, and I can still carry, like, I had all my guns on me, like, and that's another story. Like, I went out, man, I was, like, fucking Inspector Gadget out there, man. I literally was, like, creeping through, like, some random person's backyard and shit with, like, hella guns and hella fucking ammunition. You just went to go look at places? You know, know I where? Heard, I heard who, like, I heard okay. through, like, this chop shot, like, who might have my bike and shit. Right. And it was on 4th of July, so everybody's shooting off fireworks and shit. Mm-hmm. I go and park, like, across the street on the other street and fucking go over there. I've got, like, a fucking 1911-45 on one side and a Glock 40 subcompact in the other with, like, four clips of ammunition. Like, 
It was really dumb as fuck when I think about it now. Because <laughs> I should have just gotten full insurance. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it was crazy, man. I almost, it, it was crazy. But, yeah. anyway, so, when I was making money and shit, I saved up $7,500. And I was like, I had been researching the stock market for like two years. Like, hardcore. Like, I wanted to do it. Like, the just appealed to me so much. Yeah, because I was interested. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping we transition into that. Yeah, stock yeah. market, so... Yeah, let's get out of this dark shit. <laughs> so, it's not necessarily dark, it's business. Yeah. Like, cause you, yeah. You'd be surprised, like, most of the people that have a lot of money, like, they kind of made their start from, you know, we can mm-hmm. go back in time, like, bootleg and ligger or whatever. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You know. uh, but at the same time, it's like, uh, so I had 7500 and I was like, okay, let's do it, man. Mm-hmm. But, so, Did you know anything about stock markets? Oh, yeah. I'd, I've been reading, I, I was uh-huh. playing the fake stock market thing where it's like a little fake thing online where it's not real money. And then I've been reading like for dummies and all these books and mm-hmm. watching all these pot, all these studying, dude, everything. Yeah. Like, I was ready, man. Yeah. So yeah. I took seventy five hundred and I just picked a really good time, man. Two thousand eight subprime mortgage bubble, man. Wow. And it was they're talking about nationalized or they're talking about uh, they're talking about nationalizing banks, like forming them into one bank. Mm-hmm. This is like before like the whole like too big to fail thing happened, and they ended up bailing out all the big banks with billions of dollars. You know, they, fuck homeowners and fuck small business owners. Like, none of them, all of them just lost their shit. But, yeah, so, like, when when the whole subprime mortgage thing crashed. And I'm that like, was, I'm doing my research a, a little um, bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a movie called, uh, fuck, what's the movie called? It's on Netflix. Nope. I'm sure it may be. <laughs> but it's pretty much like they realized that the bubble was coming, the subprime mortgage bubble was coming. It's called, uh, it's not The Wolf of Wall Street, but it's another one. Okay. Short Sell. Short okay. You haven't seen it? I haven't. Oh, I dude, you got to watch it, bro. Okay. It's really good. But good stuff. that'll pretty much explain everything that happened. Because um, the recession happened between... Because I was doing a little research when you said, you know, mm-hmm. the mortgage, you know. Uh, it was 2007 to 2009. It was like December yeah. 2007 to... I, I think mean, June of tw- but 2009. But you know what was happening, yeah. right? Like The recession? No. I wouldn't even call it a recession. <laughs> it wasn't a recession. It was uh-huh. ignorance, man. Like, yeah. What was happening is mm-hmm. they were doing what's called shark loans to where mm-hmm. the property values were raising so high that people were getting two, three, four mortgages because they were making profit on all those houses, even though they couldn't afford them. Yeah. It's like, damn, like buy this house and then, mm-hmm. you know, a year later you can sell it and make $100,000, you know. So then, like, these banks and these little subsidiaries of the banks and these people that were giving loans out, they called them shark loans, where it doesn't matter how much money you're making, doesn't matter what your income is, doesn't matter what anything is. Like, mm-hmm. they would just write shit down because the people that were doing the loans were getting a commission off of that. You see what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was, it, it got really bad, man. And it got so bad to one point to where, and really the main thing that really hit it was, like, there was a tier system that the stock market and the banks had as far as um, they would take a whole bunch of mortgages and package them into like these certain almost like tradable stocks and instead mm-hmm. of like there would be like the uh, I don't even remember I think there was like A, B, C or maybe it was like <laughs> one, two, three or whatever but like there'd be really bad mortgages but what they were doing was they were taking like the worst of mortgages and mixing them with the best and then making like a whole thing that the rating system that was the real fuckery of it was the people that were doing the ratings were the really the fraudsters because they would rate these these things as like a plus or like perfect when really they were filled with all these bad mortgages of people that could not pay their debts could not pay their mortgage off could not afford the house that they were in and like it exponentially built up to where shit i mean it was it was gonna crash 
I wish I could have seen it at the beginning because I'd be a billionaire right now, God damn it. Just saying. Wow. Somebody somebody was making some money. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then after that, then Obama came out with the whole, he wanted to, you know, um, what was it? It was, uh, fuck, what was it? Almost like an incentive to buy a house. It might have been Bush, actually. Um, I, I think I think I remember since you said yeah they come up with some with that, that, it's trying two thousand eight like and two thousand nine okay they had a first time home buyers tax credit that's what it, it was, was literally yeah. like ten mm-hmm. percent of whatever your house costs is what you get back and they were trying to stimulate the economy through that method okay and then they made like the Fannie Mae you know the Fannie, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac yep. mm-hmm. like dude like it's and to and this is the crazy thing like you need to look up uh, Peter Schiff. Um, he, he was telling about gold a long time ago, but he's also telling about other shit. Like I'm telling you, like there's still a bubble. We're in a bigger bubble than we were in, and it's a global bubble, and it's fucking insane. Like the shit's about to crash, hardcore, bro. Like hardcore. So, as far as monetary, like you need to have your your shit in properties which you own outright. Fuck mm-hmm. some mortgages. Fuck all that shit. You need to own property. actual property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to get into Bitcoin or whatever, it's it's kind of fluctuating and a little risky, but yeah. it's like really you just need to invest in, in actual assets, you know? It seems like what it's coming back around more to, or in the future, that's what it's going to be like back in the day where people are now owning like properties, land, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And instead of like the actual like physical like money, that's not going to be worth jack. Nah, man. Like, and yeah. it, that's crazy to think about it like that. Like yeah, we're gonna live in a world where, oh yeah, you own assets. Actually, like you said, assets, stuff like that. And it's, it's you know, <laughs> nah, it doesn't matter how many dollars you have in your bank mm-hmm. account because just mm-hmm. the fact that they're dollars, like, you're already fucking up because yeah. um, inflation is a motherfucker, and, we, and we're seeing that. Like inflation mm-hmm. is directly correlated to the price of gold, to the price of Bitcoin. To all this shit so when you see gold shoot up like a motherfucker you know something's wrong you know yeah. and it's like you can bury money but it's not gonna mean shit so it's like really if you're smart about it you're gonna buy land which normally always increases in value right property you know property which is on land but if you think about it it's like dude like everybody in this world needs a place to stay exactly like that's, that's not gonna change mm-hmm. you know even if even if we go into a depression or, or, or super hyperinflation, they still got to pay to stay somewhere, you know? So it's kind of like a, a baseline, but... Yeah. Do you do you see us in the future maybe getting to another depression? Uh, that is if we live to see. I mean, do you ever see that oh, yeah. happening again? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I'd say, uh, honestly, well, I don't know. I would say, if anything, like, the if we had another depression... Mm-hmm. It would be in direct correlation to another world war, which I kind of see on the horizon as well, to be honest with you, man. Because there's some fucked mm-hmm. up shit going right now. Yeah. As it's just a matter with, of time. Uh, probably. North Korea and Russia and, mm-hmm. um, well, I mean, Putin and, <laughs> and you know, our president <laughs> and just, man, like there's, you know, with the UN and everything, like there's, it's. It's boiling. It, it, it is to a boiling point, and uh, it's going to happen, in my opinion, it's going to happen because 
A, we have a president, which, you know, a lot of people voted for him for the fact that he's, like, just straightforward and all that shit. Exactly. But I don't think that's exactly what we need at this at, at the point mm-hmm. in time to where we have other countries enroaching upon becoming new world powers. Mm-hmm. Because then you're just, like, it's almost like you're getting bullied. And like, you know what? Fuck you. You know, like, just, like, no, nah, I'm not going to, you know, fuck that. Let's, you know, do this. But I don't know. I, I, honestly, I see... This is me, man. Like, hopefully it doesn't happen. Like, I'm right, just saying. Of course, yeah. I see, you know, um, a depression's going to happen after that. Mm-hmm. Because whatever happens, someone else is going to be solidified as a world power. And we're not going to know what the fuck to do with ourselves. Because we've always been, we've always been acting as the world police. Yeah. And, you know, we failed in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. We failed in the Middle East. <laughs> and it's like, dude, like, it's it's... You know? It's like we almost, I hear this a lot, uh, we're, all, we're always sticking our nose in like almost everything. I've heard that a yeah. lot, you know. But I mean, that's the thing. That's where nuclear warfare comes into play. Like, mm-hmm. It's almost like a game. It's like a game to where if like, you're playing like a role-playing game and you have like 10 friends and all of them are different levels, mm-hmm. we're always going to be like maxed out at level 60 because we have the most nukes. And because we have the most nukes, then we're able to go to other countries and dictate how many nukes they can have just to make sure they don't have enough nukes to challenge us as a country. So, like, that's what, like, the whole game is about. And then if, like, some people, like, fuck with us, then we're going to be like, you know what? We're going to, like, you know, deem them with some sort of tag, like, you know, uh, they've got weapons of mass destruction or they have this or they're doing (laughs) this, and then just an excuse for me to come in and democratize, which, dude, how do you democratize, democratize the Middle East, man? You cannot do it. Yeah. You can't do it. It's impossible. People have been trying to fucking take control of that area of land for all of time. It's never going to happen. And it's like, if they would have looked at history, like, they would have known that it was just all for naught, you know? Don't get, don't let me get into fucking 9-11 and shit, man. What the fuck is that? Oh! Get the fuck off me, ho! I think fucking probably a bug or roach, something. Roach, man. <laughs> 9-11, uh, do you want to... Tap briefly into Shit, it. Do you a want to? Let me hear bit. your thoughts on it first. Personally, I, I mean, I, I listen to both. I hear people saying, "Oh, it's a conspiracy." Mm-hmm. Of course, you know. First, I heard, you know, I mean, I actually remember. I'll never forget. I was I was at home sick. You know, I had the flu. Uh, it was you know it happened on a weekday. I mean, I remember like it was yesterday. And seeing, and I didn't know what was going. on. I turned on the TV buildings you know smoking mm-hmm. i didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. and i was like what the heck and then get to school and our american history teacher is like okay tell us you know what you thought what might could have been done you know what's your opinion on it and i was like you know and then finally heard what happened mm-hmm. and just couldn't believe it I mean, that, you know, obviously it's something we'll never forget. Oh yeah. Um, what, what, what's your, what's your thoughts? Uh, any controversy is real. <laughs> oh, shit. This is real shit. Like if you yeah. do your research, it's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty plain and simple, man. Mm-hmm. I was in school. I was in class, man, at Central, and we turned on the TV and like we saw like the first fucking shit get hit. And then, like, we literally live, like, watched live the second one to get hit, like, in school. And my dad and my parents came and picked me up from school, like, an hour later because we were at Central High School, which is a, la- a national landmark. Mm-hmm. So they were automatically scared. They're like, you know, yeah. come get me, you know. 
Did you guys get dismissed or they just picked you up? Oh, they dismissed the whole fucking school, man. Hell yeah. Wow. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Nah, man. That, that, it is a conspiracy, man. And honestly, like, I'm. Shit, I may be biased, but, like, fuck anybody that, like, doesn't fucking understand what the fuck's going on because it's so simple. Like, you have all of these scientists talking about, like, you can just. Dude, there's tons of documentaries online right now that if you actually just mm-hmm. take 10 hours of your life and watch this shit, then you'll understand what the fuck happened. But okay. it was really just an excuse. You know, Obama was a made-up character. He was just a low-level li- low fucking someone that we had fucking harmed and to in. take care of another militia in another mm-hmm. country and mm-hmm. doing our fucking fuck shit America shit. But, like, seriously, like, dude, it's, you know, it, you could you could see by, like, the news and everything and... Um, just the pure physics of how the buildings fell were technically impossible. Impossible by an aircraft hitting, like, by the aircraft colliding with them at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, you even had, like, hundreds of people, eyewitnesses, saying that they heard, like, douche, 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 demolition. And right. that's the only way that the physically a building can fall down upon okay. itself. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's crazy. And then, like, even, like, the news, like, the big newscasters and shit were already saying that Building 7 was going to fall before it fell, and it had nothing to do with any of that. Wow. So it's like, it's, it was really all a reason to fucking get into the Middle East and uh, mm-hmm. induce our own fucking will and uh, oil, um, opium, heroin, which is mm-hmm. huge in the pharmaceutical industry, which is a billion-dollar industry, but it, it, it's, man... I don't know, and that's the, that's the crazy thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody that right. had like people, mm-hmm. friends, family in the World Trade mm-hmm. Center, but I don't fucking nobody that, that I don't know anybody that had any family there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying, just because I don't know, don't know anybody, doesn't mean it's not relevant. But what I'm saying is, and there's been plenty of cases. I think every hundred years, like our government declassifies, you know, the shit that's classified and whatnot. There's mm-hmm. been plenty of instances to where our government has killed their own American citizens mm. for their own gain and mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of like a knowledge thing you know like if you want to remain a sheep you can remain a sheep you know like that's true fuck that you know fuck the Middle East fuck those ragheads fuck those sand niggers like it's dumb as shit and it just mm-hmm. breeds hate and it's like dude those people I don't know man it's just like you can't judge a whole society by a few and you can do the same thing here it's like a few people here want to shoot up a school does that mean all of america are gun crazy and fucking want to kill everybody no yeah and it's like that's the same thing we do over there but then like when we go over there for our own selfish means and shit you know human beings go from being human beings to insurgents what a convenient word to use there's a hundred insurgents killed today now imagine if you lived over there and your baby sister got blown up by a bomb and your father got shot in the fucking head now what do you think you're gonna do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm going to be pissed off as fuck. Yeah. I'm going to rise up. You got me fucked up. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, right. And it just it just breeds fucking, it's like an escalating thing, you know? Yeah. And, you know, luckily Obama did the thing, you know, where he tried to take out the troops and shit, but they're still trying to put the troops back in. It's like, right. a, it's a never-ending thing, never man. Ending it's like, battle. dude, if we would just focus on our own fucking country, man, we got people sleeping on the streets. We have, uh, we have uh, a drug addiction problem. We have... Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not even treating our veterans right. The people that actually went over there and fought for whatever we believed in at whatever current time, we're treating them like shit. And it's like, dude, like, let's focus on our... Sh- There's no reason anybody should be starving in this country. There's no reason that 
Nobody should be able Michigan. to get health care. Yeah. With the water. And it's still the going on. Still going on. People donate they just, money. They just stopped the whole thing yeah. where they were giving free water, like free bottle yeah. water. They stopped it. They cut it off. Like, are you serious? And we're spending hundreds of billions of dollars on a fucking, like, nah, man. Like, we got to focus on ourselves, man. Like, That's right. Got to take care of yourself before you worry man, about anything else. Seriously. Definitely. I definitely agree now with that. Now we're in this whole shit with, like, the, the Kim Jong and the fucking. <laughs> dude, like, dude, seriously, like, what? at what point can we just, like, focus on ourselves? and like get our society right you know and like that's kind of like that was president trump's whole like fucking oh we're gonna build a wall we're gonna make america great again i ain't seen none of this shit and at the same time i don't want to see a fucking wall because like how do you like it doesn't even make sense like how do you how do you call people illegal on a land that was stolen in the beginning it doesn't fucking make sense and what about the native americans so I was getting some casinos and they have a couple of things and now like it's just trailer parks, meth ridden and, and, and fuck shit. Yeah. And it's like, no, nah, like this country was stolen. This country was built on immigration. Mm-hmm. You had the Irish, you had the Chinese, you had the, the Vietnamese, you had all these people building railroads, like everything, like California, yeah. everything. And that's what makes America great. Exactly. Us together. Not blocking people out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you it's know. The, it's, it, you know, I, the bigger picture always gets missed, and it's always, oh, we're, you know, we're going to look at it this way and not look at it the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just, it amazes me, and I, I see some of the comments on Facebook, yeah. and they're just outlandish and ridiculous, you know. Definitely. <laughs> what gets me is, like, this whole left-right thing. Like, I've yeah. never gotten that. Like, mm-hmm. man, like... I, this is the first time, not saying I hurt, but, like, it's been just thrown out there so much in the media yeah but why you should know? you have to choose sides like exactly if you're a conscious human being there's no need to do that like it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense like either you know and it's i don't know man it's amazing it's amazing uh so for fiat currency kind of want to switch up what's your take on that i know it's i think it's the future man yeah because uh it's definitely the future. Yep. Uh, legally, in the Constitution, mm-hmm. uh, we're not required to pay income tax. <laughs> Technically, like legally, we're not. Yeah. Uh, but everybody's just kind yeah. of just jumped on the bandwagon and right. Federal Reserve and whatever, mm-hmm. IRS and all that shit. But we're not, and so all that is is like a new wave of just another form of evolution to where you know and what then you get near left and your right and all this bullshit but what people are concerned about is like, oh well if nobody knows where the money's coming from that means they can do terrorism they can do drugs they can do all all this shit's happening with cash right now like there's all no around money you see what i'm saying yep. so it's like the only difference would be that the government would lose like a certain aspect of their control over the masses and honestly, I don't, I can't really say if that would be a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Me personally, uh, I haven't, granted, I haven't invested in it um, because there's like a hundred different fucking ones, and uh, but you know, it's like we have cash, we have cash, which is like paper dollars and coins. And that's the last form of anonymity that we have in this in this society. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense with like all the technological advances that we're making with the internet and 
social media and information and everything that it would graduate to something else. But government's never going to let that happen. So they're already, they've already got all the people on their fucking thing and they're already about to make new, new rules, you know, like they're about to put strict, you know, rules because that's how it works. Like there has to be somebody over it that's getting money and this person gets money and then they can sell this to this and that to that. But, uh, it's definitely the future, man. I definitely see that. And I wish I would have gotten into it when it was like 50 cents Bitcoin because I'd be a fucking, <laughs> I'd be rich as shit. Rolling in the dough. But then you have to think of like, I'd be rich, but how would you be rich? Would you keep it in the Bitcoin form? Or would you transfer it to cash? Because as soon as you transfer it to cash, you have to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So yep. 20 million in cash is a lot of taxes. You see what I'm That's saying? That's right, yeah. So it's like, do you, are you wanna, do you want to stick with like the Neo thinking minds of like I shouldn't have to pay taxes or do you want to just like convert it right quick and like you know it's kind of it's like a double edged sword I don't know Uh, kind of winding down here so what's the future any any goals you got or I'm sure you do but you know any goals specific goals what you want to end up doing Uh, for sure man yeah I want to obtain financial freedom so like I want freedom to do whatever I want to do and go wherever I want to go without having the uh, stress or mental struggle over monetary issues or anything like that. And, you know, just like any other person, I want to set, set, you know, the generation after generation after generation up of like my seed and my family to where they're gonna, it's gonna be old money, you know? And, like, the things that I think about are, A, capitalism. <laughs> to me, it's like if someone wins, someone has to lose in, in a certain aspect, you know? Right. And it's like somebody can have, like, that ideal of, oh, man, everybody should be equal and everybody should do that. But then they create, like, a an application or they create something and then they get offered, like, $3 billion for it and they sell out instantly, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of just like in our human nature. Uh, but no, I want to, I just want to be comfortable. Um, and I want to own a lot of property. I want my own island. I want like a place that's almost like free from, I'm not going to say I want my own government. I'm not trying to get the fucking ah. CIA on my ass but I'm just saying like I kind of want like my own thing to where like I have so much power and so much control over my own environment not necessarily other people well I guess it would be other other people if they lived in my environment but I'm just saying like that you know I don't I just hate this machine man this whole machine mentality is fucked up it's like alright well if you want to do better than me you should go to college for this long get you a steady job and it's like most of these jobs aren't even like offering any type of like retirement plans or like anything anymore it's not like it was back in the day yeah. and it's like uh, really right now man it's just create something new mm-hmm. and you have one of two options you can either sell it to someone that wants to monetize off of it mm-hmm. and get a substantial amount of money or if it's something that you feel so passionate about you can stick with it and say, fuck everybody else. This is me. This is my life. Like, my life goal. Yeah. I kind of want to find that passion in my life, and I just haven't found it. Yeah. That's it. I just haven't found it, man. Yeah. Right now, I'm, I'm I'm working for other people, man. And mm-hmm. it's like, 
I don't know, and I've kind of been on like both sides, you know, Brent, like we can back it up, what I was talking about, like I've been on both sides, like, mm-hmm. you know, entrepreneurial as far as regardless, regardless of it, if it's illegal or illegal or whatever, you know, laws change, you know, laws change based on like how it can benefit the people with most money. So it's like, I just want to be comfortable. I want to do my own thing and not have to worry. Like, actually, I want to be outside of the matrix to where I can actually be myself. So any whim that I have, any, like if I, you know, I want to go here, I want to go here, I want to go here, I want to do this. You know what? I think I'm going to start this up. Anything. There's nothing holding me back financially or anything. Like nothing holding me back. That's true freedom. You know? It's almost like if you were like a billionaire, like shit, you could, you know, I'm not saying you can't dress how you want to dress right now, but like you could definitely do that and nobody's going to fucking say shit. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's like I could build one of these bridges that we're sitting at right now if I wanted to for no fucking reason. Mm -hmm. And then that's solidified. It's like, that, that's that's what I built, you know. Well, awesome. Yeah, sounds good, man. Well, thanks for being on. Uh, it's a long time coming. Uh, so we're already <laughs> goddamn. We've only been here for about an hour and a half. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But man, yeah, it was good to get your thoughts on on those topics. So we didn't uh, cover nearly enough. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we can always do a part two. You can come revisit it, and you know, uh, I'm sure I, I have. Like I've, I've given up too much information. <laughs> oh, it's all good, I'm man. To change my phone numbers and shit because I know <laughs> I have Trump hitting me up and shit. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for being on, man. No problem. All right. All right. And there you have it. Entry number three is in the books. Great conversation with Daly and Carr. And uh, got a lot of perspective and interesting opinions and views on some different topics tonight. Uh, it was really cool to sit down and um, just kind of shoot the breeze. Uh, it was it was really good. It was really good. Very proud. Um, and until next time, we will see you later. This is Ryan White reporting on the Ryan Express podcast. What a night. We will see you soon. Bye-bye now.